Hi guys, welcome to episode 11 of the Larry Weekly. I'm Britt and today's episode is brought to you by me and Sufian and a special guest. Um, it's going to be a really special episode. Today's episode will be a collaboration with um, Olga from No Stunts Magazine and we wanted their point of view on this episode about queer coding. Um, and we're also going to be writing an article in their August magazine, so be sure to check that out. Um, so now we can do just like a little um, intro for Alter. Hi, Alter. How Hi. are you? I'm good. <laughs> How are you? Um, we're doing pretty well. Um, just before we chat about your magazine, can you just tell us what kind of Larry are you? Like, how long have you been in the fandom? What made you Larry? Everything. Okay, so in 2020, Harry did a magazine cover for Vogue, and he was in a dress. And then he posted, after a bunch of backlash, he posted online, meet, um, bring back manly men. And he was eating a banana. And I thought that that was really funny. So I decided to look into him. I have a cousin who is an OG Larry, but I didn't know that. I just knew that she was obsessed with One Direction for like a really long time. And she, I text her and I was like, hey, should I look into this guy? And she was like, yes, definitely. So I looked into Harry a little bit and obviously came across One Direction pretty fast and the concept of Larry. Um, and then I asked her about that and I was like should I look into this and she said it's gonna make you cry but you should look into it (laughs) and I remember just being like okay it's not gonna make me cry like I'm fine I'm an adult and I'm not gonna get all like emotional over some boy band which obviously she was absolutely correct um so the first video that I saw that I was like, oh, my God, they're together, was Mario Kart. Ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also, like, the first video that I was like, Louis Tomlinson has my whole heart. Oh, my God, I love this guy. But he was, you know, kind of like he's like a baby in that video. So I was just like, I just had this total burst of affection for him. And... Then I kept going. Um, I didn't listen to any of the music. I just watched a bunch of like Larry clips online. And I didn't, it was like all kind of not in any kind of order, but I was able to piece quite a bit together. And I have been in queer relationships where we were, you know, like in the closet, right? We were secret. And so those touches were so they were screaming loud to me like that was some of the loudest stuff that I saw um because I have done that in my life and I know exactly why it happens and I know um what's going on emotionally in those moments and how it's just like I just if I could just touch you even even just a tiny tiny bit like it'll help me feel grounded. It'll help me feel safer. It'll help me know that like, this is real. Right. So the more that I saw that with them in the one direction days, the more I was convinced. Now I thought that they had broken up. Um, so I eventually listened to the first song I listened to was only the brave by Louis Tomlinson, which is less than two minutes. And like he had me in that amount of time. It was, that song is absolutely amazing. Um, 
that was probably also the first time I did cry about Larry. <laughs> um, valid, very valid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the first time that I was like, I, I kind of crept onto Stan Twitter. I didn't know Stan Twitter existed. So I sort of kind of found it and I was playing around talking to some people. I found HLD, which, um, I was really excited about because I could see all this concert information. And then the very first time that I realized they were together was Denver 2021 when Harry came out dressed as Louie yeah. and was wearing the peace ring and all this stuff. And then I, I remember that night I was, I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to uh, my cousin and I was just like, look at Harry and that was all I had to say. And she just like blew up my messages about it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my Larry origin story. The, uh, yeah, the long and short of it. Oh my God. That was so interesting. Like, especially the part when you were talking about like your queer relationship and the fact that you could just relate so much to what you could see as like Larry fetus touches and everything. Absolutely. It is. It, yeah even towards the end, like there's that video where they're sitting on the couch together. And when Louis moves his knee, Harry's leg moves. Like those moments are so relatable to me because I've been there. I've been, yeah, I've been for sure. Yeah. Oh my God. So interesting. And it just reminds me of what we were talking in last episode, which will be out really soon. Um, which is like also an episode about um, closeting in the music industry and everything. And we were talking with another guest, Tina. And yeah, this is pretty much what she was talking about. Like the fact that um, um, she also works in the music industry and that she could just see people, um, like a lot of people in closet relationship and the way they were acting were like so close to the way um Harry and Louis were acting that for them it was just like I mean for for her it was like really obvious that um yeah like that they, they were closeted at that time just like in a queer relationship that could not be out um yeah yeah and if you watch them I mean you can even see the difference between how they are with other members of the band it's just it's I don't know to me it's very clear in the videos you can tell Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree. And one of the quotes that have been stuck in my head lately, which I think just fits so well in here, and Harry himself is a genius, but, and I'm sure we all know it when I say it, but there comes a time when a blind man takes your hand and says, can't you see? Like, Absolutely. So definitely. It's, it's not even, like, it's not even about, proving the relationship anymore it's about the fact that they just haven't opened their eyes and by they I mean the general public and those who choose to be against it all entirely but you just look at them looking at each other and it's there yeah I yeah, exactly. completely agree completely agree okay so we're already a bit out of the subject but that was for a good reason. Alter, you also um, decided to do um, a nose stunts map. Um, so you're more than Larry now. You 
even <laughs> create content for Larry's. So can you just explain the concept of this magazine to us, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, I was... When you become a Larry and you get into Stan Twitter and you really start to get into the culture of everything, yeah. uh, you do things that if you're me, you never did before, like follow entertainment um, magazines or articles or news. And I just never paid much attention to the mainstream media for entertainment. Um yeah. Every once in a while, I would like somebody and I would maybe like read an article or something, but it was never like this. So I got this influx of information from the mainstream media and all about, you know, Harry or Louis or One Direction, um, even even recently about Liam and Zane. And it's just so there's such a huge amount of it that's such trash and I can't, I think the thing that eventually broke me from I hate this and can't stand it to I have to do something to like combat this was the Better Homes and Gardens article. Not because of that article. I actually think that article was really good. It was the twisting of the quotes, like watching that happen in real time. This article came out. Harry talks about all this stuff. He's very authentic. It's a beautiful piece. And yeah. then I saw all these other magazines come out and make it about some girl. And honestly, like this isn't even about her. This is, I mean, this is about anybody. Because in this article, the Better Homes and Gardens article, he did not mention a girlfriend at all. And they took all these quotes from that article and then paired it with some name that had nothing to do with what he was talking about. And, um, okay, can I say her name on this podcast? Oh, definitely. Go okay. for it. <laughs> I kind of banned her name from the magazine. Like, <laughs> I tell everybody, I'm like, refer to her as the director. <laughs> um, so, but like, there was an article or that came out that was like, Harry Styles felt uncomfortable with sex until he met Olivia Wilde. And then it used a quote from the Better Homes and Garden magazine. And I literally was like, I'm going to burn a church down. Like, I'm going to commit arson. I can't believe that this is how things are going. And then it was so many articles were doing the same thing, trying to make everything about his, this entire article and Harry's house and his music and just his personal life connected to Olivia and I that made me so angry and I was just like I don't even think like I don't think I'm a good enough writer yet to necessarily do a better homes and gardens uh, style article but all this other trash I can definitely do that right so <laughs> I could do it without uh, tying every single thing he says to Olivia so that's kind of where it was born from. And then it became, I'm going to, I'm going to try to fight against the mainstream media. And I put this um, post out on my Twitter that was just like, who wants to help me? And Larry's are so amazing. And so I got a ton of people who were like, we want to help. Now, I don't think all of them were ready for like 
working with me because I think a lot of people were like, oh my God, it's such a great idea. And I was like, it is. And then I like created a discord and gave everybody assignments. And then I was like, okay, we're going to launch in two weeks. I'm building a website. And they were like, oh my gosh. So all these Larry's were just working with me and each other and like putting all this stuff together. And it was incredible because we have like people writing, people doing graphic design, people helping me with figuring out how to do the website properly. I got a website developer professional because I wanted the website to look really good. Um, but everything else is like totally a bunch of different people volunteering and putting things together. And we have like beta reading and editing and um, there are people who are willing to let us use their pictures, even like professional photographers. Um, and everything on there, I always make sure that everything is used with like express consent because for two reasons. One, I just think that that's good to do. And two, because um, I, I, what I'm doing is kind of risky. And so I don't want to have that be the thing that is an issue. Like, I don't want to get in trouble for some small technicality. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've talked to a couple of lawyers and I'm in America. So I've talked to a couple of First Amendment lawyers specifically about freedom of speech, freedom of press and what that allows me to do. And I got into kind of an argument with one of them because I was like, well, why do these other magazines get to say all this garbage? And, and she was like, because they have lawyers. So yeah, I try true. to be, yeah, I try to be really careful about what I say um, and what what goes out on the site. But most of it is vetted pretty well. And the only thing that... Um, I would say is the big difference as far as specifically, as far as interviews. And I think this is relevant because of that recent Rolling Stones interview with Harry, which was just a travesty. Um, the relevancy for us is that I always try to include the question with the answer, because I don't want to pull quotes out of context for people and like make an article about something that it really isn't and never was. Yeah. Oh my god, that's such an interesting process. Like, I had no idea that you were working with so many different Larrys and just like so many different people, and that was so professional. Like, that's it's that is awesome. Amazing. Yeah, I love it. The team is amazing, and yeah, it's an incredible. I've never been in a collaborative project that was this fulfilling. I'm so in love with this idea. I mean, <laughs> I have. We love it. Yeah. Not even identical. It's here. Like I'm 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 being a bit of a stalker right now and just having a look through everything again. But no, I love it. It's it's amazing. And I I mean, I go on and read all the articles, of course. Um but yeah, I feel like we've gotten really good reception from the fandom and I know we drove people a little crazy in the beginning when we were <laughs> um being secretive, but now, you know, I feel like we've got a pretty good feedback and people are really liking it. No, I love it. That is absolutely amazing. And it, like, it also just reminds me of like the reason why we started to launch this podcast and just like totally this thing, you know, like we're not as far as you are um, because we have nothing done professionally or anything. 
But yeah, uh, but you guys definitely have the same. I feel you have a very similar vibe in the sense that you're willing to talk about stuff, even when yeah. it's uncomfortable. And also, um, you're very consistent. Like you're out there, you're doing it. You're you guys are like really, really consistent. And I remember when this first came out, I was like, I wonder how long this is gonna make it. And now I don't wonder that at all. Like I just expect episodes, you know? <laughs> so I think that you guys are awesome. And I definitely think it's right along the same vein as us. Thank you so much. Like that means a lot because yeah, yeah. sometimes it's not super easy to just deal with all schedules and just issues of people. But yeah, I think that <laughs> yeah. everyone just take it super um yeah like we we just all love working on this project and as you said like it is super fulfilling actually working on a project that is working you have some feedbacks people are talking to you um asking you about um like even what what do you think on some kind of subjects that you don't even have like thought of but yeah I just think it's so so interesting to work on this um project with so many people that are that just like have the same concept of um closeting celebrity all of this uh, as as like we do i think and just as you said that want also to talk about subjects that are not super comfortable and yeah i just think it's really cool i really like it (laughs) it's cool in the sense that i think like you were saying that we're very much the same vibe in that I guess obviously you're just magazine and ours is a podcast but it's the same type of thought process in that we're a bunch of people working together and talking about something that we love and that we want to be able to educate people on which is part of again the reason that we started this was to be able to speak about things that may necessarily be uncomfortable but need to be spoken about to have the whole understanding of everything and why we have everything we have um no, I just think it's a really cool idea. We didn't pick someone specifically for a shout out this episode. Um, what we wanted to do was give something some recognition that it deserves and the much, much more deserving of its attention um, than what some things recently has been getting. Um, and that is that the fact that My Policeman comes out on November 4th. Yay! Um, which actually we very very excited about and very proud of harry for um i know i for one will be watching it the second it drops <laughs> <laughs> it's also coming out in select theaters on october 21st i know but i don't think it's coming out here which sucks i don't yeah. think it's coming out also here that said i'm but- sorry i live in america i'm very spoiled it's probably going to be here somewhere <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> 100% gonna have it but we're not <laughs> <laughs> I mean we can still see it on Amazon Prime I guess yeah I got yes specifically well, so I can watch it <laughs> but it would be really great if like the movie theaters that it is in just sold out like I would oh. love that oh yeah that would be so amazing and also just shows I think that um the audience is looking for this um, is what we want. Give us yeah. what we want. Yes. Exactly. 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 It deserves a lot more recognition than it's getting. And I, I love that it's, I don't love that it's slowly getting there, but I love that it is getting more attention because it needs more attention. I agree. It's, definitely. It 
It does. But it is going to get more recognition, I think. Yes. We're manifesting that. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. In the beginning of this episode, I um, introduced that we're talking about queer coding and a little explanation of what that is for some of you who may not know. Uh, Many people develop sophisticated codes to coexist as queer in a world that criminalized their identities. It was also the case with queer artists just like Frederick Leighton, an artist from the 19th century who often explored homosexuality in in academic guises, such as through Greek mythology. And queer coding is still used nowadays, um, even with depenalized queer laws in most part of the world. Um, so it is mostly used by closeted artists for their audience as a way to communicate their queerness. And what is so interesting about it, I think, um, is that since it's made for the queer community, um, then they can understand it really well and it's really easy for them to get it. But it's also really easy for, for um, the straight community to put it aside just as like a random thing you know and just like yeah not get that this is like a queer code that people are using yeah so all of, sorry yeah and all of this um intro was um mainly made and inspired from an article um from cnn style um called hidden in plain sight how gay artists express their forbidden desire in code it is like an amazing article like i i just read it and i'm i'm not like so passionate about um reading or anything like that was really really interesting um so yeah i just would encourage you to check it out if you want like you just found it so interesting because it's it's actually made from um a kind of um, what's the name of that thing? Oh my god, I completely forgot something that is like yeah, a kind of exposition, let's say, like an art exposition um in London, I oh, think. About yes, like I saw it. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely. Um and it was like artists like painting and stuff like that, right? Yeah, um it is. And and what I found real interesting is that um it was also like, you know, artists that were there like long time ago you know like i just really like the fact that this is not something that is so recent but it it was actually used um even like yeah like recently but also like um super early i think anytime especially like i know even just growing up it always helped me to know that gay people have been around for a long time and it's really sad that I mean, gay people have been around forever, but when I was younger, I didn't understand that. I was told that it was very new. Um, But it's really sad that the way that I was able to figure that out is through queer coding being so old. Mm -hmm. And the reason I think that's sad is because the reason queer coding exists is because it's been criminalized over and over again throughout human history. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like... Yeah, it is just like a kind of secret way of communication. So I like if queer people weren't criminalized, then they could just talk about it like super openly. But because they, it's not, well, there wouldn't be queer codes if it wasn't yeah. like, like yeah, just it wouldn't, wouldn't exist. And criminalized in the sense of like not just the law, which also has happened, um, is happening yeah. actually, but in the sense of like society. Yeah. 
I'm so in love with this song, honestly. I get you. <laughs> I don't know. I just... We're talking about only the brave, obviously, because what mm. else would about when like it just what he did I don't know how to explain it but what he did with that song you know what I'm trying to say like all I'm sure you agree like it just it's so there's no words yeah oh (laughs) no hearing I tell you hearing it live with him less than five feet in front of me in a room full of pride flags and his smile the entire time, it just hits different. No, that was a lot. I once heard it described as a core memory, and I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Inside Out, but I absolutely, like, it. it's like a foundational experience. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, I would also say this. Yeah, so only for, like, only the bravest, um, like one of my favorite songs and I think like as a fandom uh, most of us like collectively collectively agree that it is like um one of our favorite songs and also I would just say one of his best like written song in general just because like it's full of clear code but it's also just so easy to relate to um so easy to understand like from the queer community um, I would say, and like all of those beautiful metaphors that he uses, I think most of us can just like relate to it so much. That's it. I did no word. <laughs> like that's that's what I was trying to say. In that, I think he just encapsulates the entirety of what everything is within those lyrics. Yeah. Like, oh no. He said it himself the best. Love is only for the brave. Like, you know? Yeah, it's that aspect of brokenness that mm-hmm. he brings to the concept of love. And it's yep. really just stunning. Like, 100%. And it even has the lyrics, the way he sings it, the way he sings it live, but the way he sings it in general, um, it's very raw. And the recording with that part at the end that shows that, like, in the studio feel, you know, where the microphone drops. Yep. It just makes it so personal. It's such a perfect thing to add to the end of that song. Exactly. He did it so well. And I'm so proud of him. I think it is, like, um, as you just said, Britt, but just, like, listening to it live um, is, is, like, so amazing. And at the same time, so short. Because, like... First of all, the song is already short, but also just like the time seems at this moment just to be like suspended almost, you know, just like like this short moment, um, like almost not a song, but like an anthem um, of the the fandom of the queer community. Yeah, um, yeah I just I, I love it so much. No, I 100% agree. And the fact that it's less than two minutes long and it has, like, all of that emotion in it. Like, it's not just this, like, it's not just this quick written song that was like, oh, yeah, these were just random lyrics that I had in my head. Like, the thought in every single one of those words. And I think, I I, I don't know if you remember that, like, speed round that we did in 
episode seven about um the holy ghost stunt and the at the end so we did like this speed round about about like which of the boys solo music resonates with you the most and and for most of us like we had different answers but we could just agree on one thing that is that um louis so raw in what he is um singing and what he is writing also and that's why like um i feel like most people like him and even if you don't like his music you can just like um um appreciate this thing no exactly and like i mean in the first verse you know it's a church of burnt romances like what what church burns straight romances like do you know what i mean oh definitely <laughs> i think everyone knows <laughs> the whole i but i never cared for love right and 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 then it's like until this point oh yeah like i mean louis is just like quote coding all the time like if we're just going with quote coding he's just like quote coding all the time he's mm-hmm. quote coding in only the brave, but also like copy of a copy of a copy. Oh my god! Oh my god! That song destroyed me, and then like pieced <laughs> me back together. It was yeah. the first time I heard that song. I was just like, "How? How is this person this amazing?" Because it was really early on before I just understood and accepted that Louis Tomlinson is Louis Tomlinson. <laughs> and yeah, that song wrecked me. It's devastating. Just a genius, like we just have to admit it. (laughs) No, he is. I think. I think copy of a copy of a copy is also like. Um, I mean, it's it's debatable. Like some, um, I know that some lyrics people like, um, would say it's really like about his queer identity, and I would say, um, for some lyrics, I would say it's debatable and I don't think that the entire song is maybe about that but like there is definitely like he's just talking about his identity he's talking about his inner child yeah that's what I wanted to say um his younger self yeah his just younger self you know and his younger self is like really flamboyant and everything so I mean I also think though like with the birds and the broken beaks and everything like there's a lot of reference to a glass closet there and like you know, the concept of you think that you're getting everything you want and in some ways you are, but there's this other part that can kill you. I mean, Dead Birds, there there was that interview <clears throat> with that country singer, I don't remember her name, and she talked about how there's an, um, a machine within the music industry that keeps gay people down in the closet and like even if they're elevated to massive stardom it keeps them from coming out and that if you see people who are like self-medicating or people who um I don't want to say this part just because of a trigger warning but like people who go too far with self-medicating we'll just say that um and you know the concept behind copy of a copy of a copy being including that idea of the closet and how these people are, you know, breaking their beaks, like, and, and dying and they can't get through anything. Yeah. And then that whole, like, 
we're in this together or you're not the only one, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure he was told that so many times, like, oh, you think you're the first queer artist who like can't be gay on Maine? Come on. This goes back forever. Um, And in a way that had no compassion and in a way that had a ton of compassion, I'm sure he got it from both sides. Including, including the people who were saying to him, like, hey, yeah, I've been there. You know, here's mm-hmm. things you can do to make it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I could have said it better myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. That glass closet is just a huge, a huge thing in all of this. And you can oh, yeah. hear both of their lyrics. Even the As It Was video, like the very beginning, as soon as it started and he's like behind that glass door, I was just like, no, oh no, this is going to be awful. And it's, I mean, Harry said himself, it's a death march. I mean, it's so intense and sad and it's beautiful, but gosh. He did it in a, I think he did it in a very, a very good way. Yeah to be able to show it because I mean like again the whole glass closet analogy in that we know it they're just not allowed to say it they're out but they're not really out because they're still in that glass closet oh absolutely yeah no they're definitely not out that I mean we wouldn't have had this whole rolling Rolling stone situation we wouldn't even be having to deal with this other movie if they were free yeah Completely, completely agree with that. Um, and like we we talked a bit about Louis, but like Harry, like Harry's queer coding. I think is also so interesting and in a way pretty different from Louis. Um, just because, <laughs> so different. <laughs> it's so different. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was I was a bit shy with it. Yeah, I'm gonna say Rowan from from Louis coding just because yeah he is um now I think like really in the class closet I would I would say that um Louis would be like in a kind of blurry glass closet like um mm-hmm. definitely um less allowed to do things than Harry is and it's it's why I think we also um see all of those tiktok videos of like just <laughs> i don't know if you've seen those but you know just like harry um just like raising flags yeah um in a way that could make us understand that he's doing that also like for the both of them um which i think in a way is true and that the reason why he is so loud um is also because um louis cannot um otherwise i i i think he he would be a bit different in his queerness um identity um yeah but he's just trying to scream to us i mean it's working for the fandom not for the magazines because the magazines are trash and just trying to find um things to say absolute and, trash yeah absolute trash said older <laughs> <laughs> but well, yeah that's true it is um it, it is trash like i mean most magazines, I would say, like, except, as you said, this amazing article from... Better Homes and Gardens. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, this one... Yeah, was- that was incredible. And there are yeah. some that are really good, but the overall is just awful. Um, but there are, and we should recognize that because it's important to recognize the stuff that's good. There are some articles that are really good. There are some magazines that are consistently good. 
I actually read one the other day. I can't check what it is, but I think it was called something like the magazine was called like front room or the front or something. And it just talked about like gender fluidity and how everybody's on board until they have to see it in real time. And then they're uncomfortable with Harry Styles, you know, and it was just this whole article that was really, really um, well written and thought out. And I appreciate that as well. But yeah, for the most part, it's a lot of trash. It's also a lot of blindness. Like, it's so easy to look at the general public and just be like, oh, so you're just, you just think, you just think he's not saying anything. He's literally jumping around in like a glittery rainbow suit all over the stage with a flag, singing about how he wants to feel like a woman. And you think he's just totally a cis het man. That's fascinating, honestly. Oh, that is fascinating. Was the mag called um, Fast Company by any chance? Mm, maybe. <laughs> From David Bowie to Harry Styles, passion no, has a no, 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 no. no. I, I did read that one. No, this was um, this was about the Rolling Stones article that just came out. Oh, interesting. And it was kind of about the backlash of the Rolling Stones article that just came out, and it it covered this idea that. You know, we have a bunch of people in the LGBTQ plus community who want to say that gender is just a construct and that, you know, fluid is the future. But when Harry Styles is presented as a straight cis man who also wants to say that, that it makes them uncomfortable or makes us uncomfortable. And he was really good about like including himself and not making this an attack piece um, but his main point was like, you got to pick a side, like either you're going to support gender fluidity, you're going to support the idea that gender is just a construct or you're not. And he even said in the article, like, have you not heard any rumors ever? Are you joking? Harry Styles? And which I also appreciated because I felt very similar to, um, there was an article recently that said that, <laughs> that there were gay rumors that helped David Bowie, um, move his career along and I just was shocked by that because David Bowie didn't have gay rumors he was gay like he was bi and he said it over and over again so yeah I don't know how people like if I tried to convince you that somebody was straight not you guys but if I tried to convince the the you know a random person who is the general public that you know Jane Doe is straight, I wouldn't even have to try. I wouldn't even have to bring it up. I could just say this person exists and the general public would just categorize them as straight. So I think that's part of the issue with trying to express to other people, especially people who are straight, like this is queer coded. And the reason you can't see it is because you've never given it any thought. You know, it's very yeah. similar to the concept of gender non-binary people and trans people have thought more about gender than I am even capable of because I've never been in a position to question it at that level. And, you know, people who are cis who've never thought about it before just don't understand the love, that level of introspection. That is so true. Like, I think you just wrote it like perfectly. And actually that was one of the points we wanted to talk about. Like, Harry being accused of just like queer baiting with this um, um, Rolling Stone article. Um, and just like, yeah, I think you just like wrote it 
perfectly. Just the fact to be an unlabeled artist, or like just gender fluid. Um, how can it just create all of that questions and just like backlash from just saying, I, I don't want to um, just put myself in, in, in a case? Like- I think the backlash comes from so many places. Oh. Um, in my opinion, you know, there is some of it that is the music industry, but unfortunately, I don't think they actually have to do very much work in this area because the general population um, will take care of it for them for a bunch of different reasons. And I've seen a lot of a lot of people be like, I don't want I don't want <laughs> Harry Styles to be the hero of gender nonconformity if he is just some guy and that's something that I think Harry has to fight against all the time and this is Mm. like sexuality aside you know it's not like it would be I'm I'm sure it wouldn't be any easier for him to come out actually with a label but let's just assume for a moment that he truly doesn't want to be labeled that it's not there's no other reason for it yeah Um, yeah some people find it takes them so long to figure out like this is this is my thing this is my thing and these people understand me right so like i'm bi and i don't understand monosexuals at all and so i grew up mostly around people who were attracted to a gender and i just spent most of my life being like is that even true i mean you're only attracted to one I don't, I don't understand. And then I found other people who were bi or pan or omni and I identified with them. I felt understood. I felt seen. So that label gave me something. And now this man's walking in here being like, labels don't matter. Well, they, they mattered to me. They saved my, my teen years. And it's not just the label of sexuality. There's a lot of labels that do stuff like that. Now, I'm not advocating for labels. I think unlabeled is great. But I also think it's important to recognize, like when I say I'm a Larry in the One Direction fandom, that means something. That's my label. And I don't want to hang out with a solo because labels don't matter. Hello, it's Scar. I'm here now. Surprise. Um, So the next point we want to talk about is um, how Louis has always been so accepting to the queer community. Um, There have been many examples of this um, over you know, the years. Um, One example just being like it shows where um, obviously we know that Harry um, has helped a lot of people come out and Louis' management seems to be a little more strict and so he can't do that. However, anytime he sees a sign like that, he will acknowledge it. Um, And he also includes a lot of stuff like that into like um, some queer things, I guess you could say, into... um, you know, like merch, like the new thing that just came out, um, there's like a rainbow on it. So he definitely does include a lot of that um, into what he does and his work. Um, so yeah, but any of you guys? Also um, the tour videos that he puts out always include rainbow flags and um, some of those signs as well. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, definitely agree. And like, I mean, um, I think that we've, all seen like yeah just um testimonies of a lot of people like from the queer community saying how um louis was um just 
welcoming to them, I think, and just um, also aware of like the queer community and the way it was working. And yeah, a lot of people were surprised by that because they just um, thought that um, Harry would probably be more in this perspective. But um, yeah, actually, Louis also knows a lot about like his own community, which would make sense. And yep. And yeah, yeah, I think that a lot of people have like discovered him under this new perspective because of um, all of those testimonies and everything. And it's just like so great to see that, um, um, yeah, like this is out there. And because like I feel like a lot of people, um, especially like entice, but just like also just Louis entice and Dedible, just love to say that um, Louis is homophobic for some mm-hmm. like odd reason, and just like showing them those testimonies and just like the fact that he is um like absolutely not homophobic and just like super welcoming to this queer community and just knows a lot about it is super aware um of of the lgbtq plus community is so important i feel like yeah um i definitely and i also think that um the reason that a lot of the fandom not all obviously but um, a large like the majority of the fandom is actually queer and I think it's just because you know we feel so comfortable around them and like we feel like they're very accepting of us um, that it's like a comfortable and safe uh, place for us that they've created but you know obviously because they understand so yeah, yeah. oh yeah definitely like I feel like um we can feel energies and like if someone was just faking being accepting to um like the queer community we, we would feel it and we wouldn't be like so um safe with them but it yeah. is just it is just not the case like they are super welcoming and just making sure um as Ultra said i think like that we can bring flags at their concerts um that we are safe um like as a whole which is like so important yeah for sure and i mean like harry was just you know when flags were banned at msg i mean he like begged them basically begged them um to let us bring flags back in it's like he wants us to be ourselves and be you know have that safe safe place which is usually you know like bringing flags in like that was the first show in such a long time that he didn't wave a flag flag pride flag around you know it's like they really try to incorporate it into oh, so much you can definitely and louis also even during one direction i can think of a couple interviews where he like there was one where he was asked like about how you feel about gay fans you know and he was like it doesn't matter. Like it's, it's fine either way. I don't have a problem with that. Um, and then there was another one where a guy asked about like some, what, how would you feel if there was like guys out there to see you or something like that? Do you guys remember this? It was yeah. him and I think Zane. Yeah. And he was, you know, kind of defensive for people and um, in a way that was, you know, downplayed but definitely i think if you are part of the uh lgbtqia community you just you recognize that stuff a lot more 
because not necessarily because you're looking for it, but because you're living it. Yeah, so um, all of this episode was based on queer coding. And so there's like a really famous queer coding that has been happening for like really long time and used by a lot of different artists, um, which is um, Polari code, um, which was a code that people were using um, like that was made of a bit of Italian, like Polari literally means, um, I think, talking in Italian. Um, yeah, just to, uh, yeah, it was just a kind of queer code to be able to talk to other queer people without um, just being killed, basically. Um, yeah, and it easy. wasn't, it wasn't even like artists, it was just people. Yeah, like gay it, it, people. Was, it was gay people in general. Um, yeah, and some, I think that, uh, so it also became a, a brand then, um, I mean, not the code but like a brand chose this name um like polari and just um yeah most of their clothes have like some kind of polari code on it um and so obviously it is it is like a really lgbtq plus um brand um that louis actually wore um several times and posted pictures of him wearing polari um like this brand wrote even a caption polari um this is like a really i think um like clear sign of um just queer coding in general just like you know using um just language that can only be used like and understood by um queer people just to book um yeah just to communicate with them um yeah yeah i think it was possibly the thinnest definition of the word code because it's so blatant um like this language was absolutely designed this code coded language was absolutely designed for people who were like going out and they wanted to say things like look at that gay boy or you know do you want to dance? Like, do you want to hook up? Do you want to hang out? And they could say it in a way that was safe because if they said it to somebody who didn't understand it, then they would just, you know, leave and they wouldn't get arrested. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think it's a really great way to um, describe it. Yeah, as you said, it was just like queer coding in general is, is exactly that. Like, um, Queer people get it, um, straight people just don't get it, and that's fine, because, like, that is the whole point of it, is to have just, like, a secret language thing that has, like, um, a kind of duality, um, like, within it, you know, that has like, Absolutely. Two, two ways to be um, understood by people, just to keep you safe, um, yeah. No Stunts Magazine is doing a mini series on queer coding and the Larry Weekly is going to write an article for us. So I'm really, really excited about that. And I'm very, very happy that you guys reached out and we get to collab together because I think it brings even more to the fandom. And I think what the fandom needs right now is good content that's authentic um, about 
Harry, Louis, and just LGBTQ plus in general. So I'm really, really happy that you guys reached out and I'm so thankful to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for letting us be part of it. Speed round question, as always, um, which I mean, we can all agree that it, it, it's not really a speed round question because we can't stick to that. <laughs> we always take so long for this part and it's not even that fast. Exactly. Um, yeah. I did that Alter gets to be a part of this one. Um, so this question, I want to go with what was your favorite Harry song from Harry's house when we first got to listen to it and what's it now? So I would think, okay, quick. Um, Keep Driving is definitely my number one at the moment. Um, But I think the first one that I fell in love with was Little Freak. Okay, my first favorite song was Keep Driving. And currently my favorite is Love of My Life. Mm-hmm. Um, mine now is little freak but i think in the beginning it was between satellite and daylight or keep driving the between so one of those three but <laughs> definitely now it's little freak honestly i think satellite the amount that you talk about that song <laughs> stop the beat drops just are so good <laughs> agree with that um my my first favorite and i would say all-time favorite is definitely love of my life and my i would say my current favorite is probably daylight and and little freak yeah i would say those two yeah oh, I, little freak is just so good um so that's it for today thank you for listening to this episode of the larry weekly We hope you've learned something new. If you want to be a part of this journey, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at The Larry Weekly to keep up with all podcast-related news and exclusives. Also, be sure to follow this amazing guest, Alter, on Twitter and Instagram at NoStuntsMag, and um, read the magazine at NoStuntsMagazine.com. We'll tell you on both social medias when the article is out. See you next Friday for a new refill.